And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer right here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Joining me in the studio today, the Reverend Mark Diedrich. Good to be here, Dan. And Dr. John Vance. Hello. Gentlemen, it's great to have you here again in the studio. And uh, today we have a wonderful subject on the table before us. It's about the church. I hear a lot about the church from time to time. Uh, People are negative against it. Um, We hear that um, church attendance, generally speaking, is probably down in America. But uh, let's talk today about the church. And uh, if we were to um, try to describe what is the church, um, help me, where would we start in uh, describing the church? I think the church can be understood in in a number of different ways, but one of the basic uh, ways to describe the church uh, is is something that is agreed upon by all branches of Christianity, and that is that the church is uh, the people of God. Hmm. Now, that doesn't go far enough, but that is a minimum, Mm -hmm. the people of God. Sometimes it's called the family of God on heaven and earth, the church is, of course, also described in some times, in some ways, as the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. That may mm-hmm. be a little bit inaccurate, mm-hmm. but <laughs> roughly it's the case that it is the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, right. Uh, there's another way, too, that the church is described in the creeds as being one holy Catholic and apostolic, and those are characteristics or marks, and that would describe what the church is. Okay. Yeah. Now, do we have any objective measure? I'm just a human being. I can't look inside of your heart, uh, John Vance, or your heart, Mark Diedrich. How do we um, how do we deal with saying, "Oh, yeah, you're you're a member of the church"? How do we ferret that out? Well, I think what you do is you look at one's confession of faith, and and then when you look at their confession. You see if it matches up with what mm-hmm. the, the scriptures teach and what the the church teaches as to be a believer, uh, mm-hmm. one called out by God, uh, using the Greek yeah. term, mm-hmm. ecclesia. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what you do. And I mean, when we, we examine people for church membership, that's what we ask for, a credible confession of faith. Yes. So in other words, believe the right things right and these are fairly simple and objective things and then act it out right and 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 consistency between the two and and that's right there should be consistency because if you say you're a believer in jesus christ and then you live your life contrary to Mm. it then the church will come to you and say Uh there's there's an inconsistency here and if if you don't repent then there may be an excommunication okay Uh, we see the church discipline in matthew 18 and then of course First Corinthians five, uh, dealing with people yes. who don't don't live as a Christian. One of the um, confessions, a famous confession, defines the church as uh, those who profess the true religion and their children. Oh yeah, and, and, it, and it's a profession of faith. What is that profession? Well, it's not doesn't have to be sophisticated. Mm-hmm. It has to though be in the Lord Jesus Christ. The first the first uh, creedal statement that Christian used to identify themselves as Christians was to confess Jesus as Lord. Yes. Mm. Now, they included that, of course, his death, burial, and resurrection. But the church, uh, in one way, there's only one church, and it's if it's the people of God. But you can look at it from two perspectives, the way God sees it and the way I see it. The way God sees the church, of course, he sees it infallibly, and he sees it 
the way it is. He knows them that are his. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, the way I see the church is fallibly. I don't always include the people that are really in it from God's perspective, and sometimes I exclude some that are mm-hmm. – uh, that, yeah, uh, we would all do that. Yes, mm-hmm. and and so I, I judge fallibly, but we do have a church, and it is uh, those who profess the Lord Jesus Christ, and they form the body of Christ. Now there are other characteristics like authority and things like that. It has mm-hmm. leadership and so forth. But yeah, it, uh, Mark is uh, on the money there. I, mm-hmm. I, I like the way he put that. It's a a profession or a confession of faith in Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this. Um, how would someone officially enter the church? Well, I would say that uh, uh, in terms of people who make a profession of faith, the very first thing is that they should receive the sign of what it means to be a member of the church, and that is baptism. Mm-hmm. And that would include mm-hmm. uh, adults and so forth. But I also believe that some are born into it, and that would be the children of believing parents. Mm-hmm. And they're to be raised up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. But they, too, have a right, from my perspective, they have a right to baptism as well mm-hmm. in the promise of foreseen faith. Sure. They're sure. to be included with their parents, not separated right. from them. Well, certainly mm-hmm. consistent with um, all of Scripture, I would say. Yeah. You know, um, in the Old Testament, uh, the sign was circumcision. And... Um, Yes, that's that's how it worked then. Um, yeah. and, and a lot of that, I think, a lot of people need to understand that those, especially who are, are covenant children, um, don't have often a dramatic, if you will, conversion experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and the example I would say is, you know, when did you come to the point that you realized your parents loved you and you loved your parents? <laughs> well, you would say, well, I just always knew that and yeah. I, and i think uh, for a lot their christian faith comes that same way they grew sure. up knowing it and and you don't see big conversion experiences for an individual like david mm-hmm. and and those individuals and there's no inkling of it even in the psalms if you read the psalms yeah and don't you think um we've been conditioned here in america um you know let's mention a, a well-named evangelist billy graham um, I think all three of us in this room respect and honor him, um, but there was, um, a, you know, kind of an American tradition, I would say, that that developed uh, during that time frame, slightly it, before it developed in the 19th century, there Second you go. Great Awakening. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you have kind of the anxious bench and and all of that, but right. you really don't see that uh, throughout the history. Yeah. of the church in that same way. Nothing wrong with that. No, nothing not at wrong all. with that. The not at all. anxious right. or mourners bench. Yeah, but it is only one manifestation of uh, a person. Right, you might say psychologically coming to understand yeah. that I have received the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Mark, you had an example that you shared some time ago of a prisoner, very serious crime. He was in prison for a number mm-hmm. of years, came to faith in Jesus Christ. Um, and uh, he did it by just reading the scriptures. Yeah, and so and the scriptures convicted him <laughs> of his sin, and yeah, yeah. God, the Holy Spirit, worked faith in this man's life, right? As the scriptures were made available to him, and God did the work, and he didn't have an opportunity to walk an aisle or anything else. Right. Reminds me of Lydia. Uh, Paul yeah. preached the word to her, or told her the good news, and the women there by the river. Yeah. And and it says that while 
Paul was preaching, God opened her heart. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to take a short break. Today we're talking about the church. You're tuned to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. Stay with us. We'll be right back. We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer right here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf in the studio with me today, the Reverend Mark Diedrich and Dr. John Vance. Um, When we got started in our discussion today about the church, one of the first things I heard, uh, I think, John, you mentioned, was that all three branches of the church would agree on this. And that made me think, what are those three branches? And I was wondering if you could explain that to us quickly. There is a consensus, uh, particularly uh, since all maybe the 19th century, that clear uh, and and all through the, make no mistake, all through church history, but particularly in the 19th century, it was recognized that uh, the church could be understood as the people of God, and you know this is not uh, to make up two churches like a visible and invisible, but the yes. people of God mm-hmm. who who profess the true religion and the Lord Jesus Christ. And that would be true for Protestant churches, Catholic Church, and the Eastern Orthodox churches. They all mm-hmm. agree that one of the ways to see the church, and maybe the most fundamental way, as being the people of God, or those mm-hmm. who belong to the Lord, and in this mm-hmm. case, the Lord Jesus Christ, at their visible manifestation on earth. Mm-hmm. Now, we're um, Protestants here in this room. But we have a number of uh, Catholic, Roman Catholic listeners to this program, to uh, Redeemer Broadcasting in general. And we really appreciate the fact that 
they take the time to tune in. I um, I think I know how you guys feel, but I'll just blurt it out how I feel. I I feel that I've got many brothers and sisters in Christ in the Roman Catholic Church, even though I am a Protestant. Of course, uh, yeah. uh, church membership. We may disagree exactly the church and yeah. how it's organized and so forth, what is called as apostolicity. But I think on the lay level, it's quite clear that uh, a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, regardless of the denomination that they're in, we mm. recognize each other as brothers and sisters of Christ. Yeah. There's no yeah. question yeah. about that. Yeah. And, and we don't think because someone belongs to a certain communion, maybe 80 years ago where they would be anathematized just by belonging to that communion, <laughs> one, of the, one of the things that has happened is that we do, I think in the modern world, and must, due to secularism, recognize all the people of God so that we can yeah. deal with the uh, temper of the times, if you will, and um, and I think you know what I mean. Secularism is oh. on the increase oh, everywhere, my, yeah. and it's fighting the church of the if Lord Jesus Christ. If there ever a time we need to join together in uh, fighting a common enemy, it is now. Along with that, you know, there is areas where you have a number of groups that claim to be the church, which really have, as uh, Paul wrote, was uh, lecturing to the Ephesian elders and. Acts 20, he says, they are wolves. Mm-hmm. They're really wolves. Mm-hmm. He says, you're going to be attacked within. And we do see that in, in the church where you have yes. uh, heresy, and yet they still claim the title for church. And so you have mm-hmm. kind of a, a distinction between those that we might disagree with, but I still hold the, the basics, and those that are truly heretical. Mm-hmm. The way Paul puts that, he says that uh, some are synagogues belong to synagogues of Satan. Satan. Oh, that's, that's right. right. Yeah. And um, there is in the New Testament a a distinction to be made between a true church and a false church. D.L. Moody once said, walking into a garage does not make you a car. <laughs> now, walking into a church, of course, in some sense does not make you a Christian. But let me also say, using the word Christian does not necessarily yeah. make you a Christian, or using the word church does not necessarily make it a church. There are marks that delineate the people of God in their organization. And one would be, of course, that Christ is the head of the church. Even in the Roman Catholic Church, where the Pope is the earthly head, it still recognizes yeah, Christ Christ's. as the head of the church. Yeah. Furthermore, it has to understand Christ in the way that the Scriptures present him that he is God of God, light of light, and indeed that he died for our sins on the cross. Mm-hmm. Now, that is a confession that we make when we say Jesus is Lord. Now, if there is a group that goes under the name church and denies the deity of Christ, we cannot grant that no, That's different as a church. Right. right. And um, you mentioned also the Orthodox. I personally wish I had more Orthodox friends. I don't even think I have one. Um, you know, a Greek Orthodox or Russian Orthodox friend, you know. Unfortunately, there are not many in the Hudson yeah. Valley, and there are only about three or four million mm-hmm. Orthodox believers in America after all these years. Okay. So they're not a lot. Uh, I could be off on that a little bit, mm-hmm. but not a whole lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Roughly the same number of Jewish people and Orthodox people together. Okay. Right. Yep. So today we're talking about the church. Sometimes we use the phrase, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Help me here. Um you had uh, hinted at this earlier, visible and invisible, and maybe it is time to talk about that. When a person um, has faith in Jesus Christ, um, he certainly or he is certainly 
part of that uh, invisible church, um, but we're flesh and blood. Jesus was incarnated. There's more than just the invisible. Help me sort that out a little bit. There is, and and God has called us to fellowship with one another. Hebrews, uh, was it 10.25, do not forsake the gathering together of yourselves, and and to make one another accountable to, to one another. Now, when you look at the arm of the church, you see what it is to do in terms of, of the discipline. It's to, to help the people grow. It's to, to guard the people. But they have to be uh, participants in it. You really don't see anything in the Bible about taking church members and burning them at the stake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you really don't see that in the Scriptures. But what you do see is having a, a discipline First uh, Corinthians five, for example, when a person is part of the church, then what do you do if they are not living their confession of faith? Yes. Well, you put them out of the church. Well, what does that mean? Well, you bar them from the sacraments, from the Lord's table. You, yeah. they cannot come to the Lord's table. You bar them from much of the fellowship with the church, mm. and. You know, you can't really do that if people just say, well, you know, I'm going to just kind of hang around, and and if you discipline me for some of my actions, then I'm going to just find another church. That's a good point, because the New Testament um, talks about the gifts that God gives to his church of elders and deacons, um, pastors and teachers, and um, for us to deal with that in a practical way, you kind of need to know who those pastors and elders and deacons are responsible for right. before God. Yeah. And we, so, we only know the visible church. We don't know the invisible church. No, that's, that's, right. that's God's don't. business. The visible church is a church that is the body of Christ. And now I would think if someone professed Christ, that they would profess the whole Christ, not mm-hmm. only that he is their head, but that he would be a, a person who would be part of the body. Yeah, that's a good point. And right. it's only through... Uh, both having both head and body, that we can fulfill the two great commandments. Love God in Jesus Christ, our great head and king mm-hmm. of the church, and love your neighbors yourself, which we find most purely and freely in the body of Christ. Mm. So we need both head and body f- to fulfill the will of mm-hmm. God. Yeah. And the body is a visible church. It has authority. It has sacraments. It has the gospel. It has all of these things. Mm. And, and it has gifts. And where, gifts and talents where, where, of people. Where people are to work together. It has and fellowship. And focus on that in the yeah. fellowship. And yeah, you fellowship with real people. That's right. Have you ever heard a person uh, raise this objection? Oh, you know, there's so many problems and imperfections in the church, and there's, there's so many sinners there that I, I really don't want to – I really don't want to go – or at least I don't want to become a member because uh, – Man, they're just a bunch of bunch of hypocrites. The church is not perfect, <laughs> and uh, and and uh, as one bumper sticker says, God is not finished with us. Yeah, the, the church is made up of sinners entirely. Right. Yeah. All have fallen short right. of the glory of God. All have sinned. So, in light of that, God then says, "I still want you to meet together." Well, someone yeah. likened the church, and I hope I'm not misunderstood. <laughs> likened the church to Noah's Ark. You couldn't. Uh, you couldn't stand the smell on the inside if it weren't for the conditions on the outside. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. Now, the church is not perfect. It has its no. problems. But that's also sanctifying. 
Yes. That's right. To be part of a body that's not perfect means that we all grow into that yeah. perfection. Yeah, that's one of the things we always need to remember while we were yet sinners, and that means me, myself, and I, while I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. Mm-hmm. You know, and so to look down at the church is a group of sinners. Well, that's right, and that's where I belong because <laughs> I am one of those sinners yeah. that, that needs uh, the fellowship of others to be built up. And sometimes you're going to get hurt, and that's true, uh, but uh, uh, that's growing in grace too because of course, we someone need to might be ask, forgiving. Why, why does the creed confess that the church is holy? Well, because the head of the church is holy. That's right, because of our relation to Christ. <laughs> Isn't that marvelous? Holy. Yes. God sees us through the Christ. lens of Christ. Yeah. And so um, we are sanctified by our it's head. remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine this analogy, um, you know, going back to this question, oh, there's so many problems and imperfections. I don't want anything to do with that. God must be done with the church. But just thinking about this analogy. He isn't, by the way. This analogy. Suppose a young man grows up in the family – uh, let's say the a young Elmendorf, uh, just and, and young Elmendorf grows up and he gets about ten years old or so, and um, yeah, you're an Elmendorf. You were born in in Benedictine Hospital. Uh, you're our bloodline and everything, and yet um, now um, you're only going to be an Elmendorf in theory, in an invisible way. Uh, you're no longer going to live with the family. You'll have no contact with the family. No benefit. Uh, of being in the Elmendorf family. Wouldn't that be unnatural? And yet these um, Christians that come to this kind of bizarre conclusion that because of the imperfections, they don't want to be part of the family anymore. Yeah, yeah that, it really is. It's very unnatural. And, and when you look at scriptures, you see the church being spoken of as a very large family, not mm. as individuals as being only children. You know, we sometimes think that way. I just want to be an only child now, yeah. you know, and that's you don't have that concept in scriptures, right? Some people get to the place where they say, you know, it's just too hard to live with other people in the body of Christ, and it is hard, and it is difficult at times. <laughs> but let me remind uh, our listeners that the writer of Hebrews would not countenance abandoning the church. What does he say? Mm. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. Yeah. We we are saved individually, but we are also to live in community. Mm-hmm. There is a sense in which Christ died for the individual, of course. True enough, right. but he also died for the church. Mm. And it may very well be that I don't experience the fullness of the Christian life. In fact, I'm sure, unless you're part of the body of Christ. Now, yeah. you touched upon something there that piqued my interest, and, and, that, and it's this um, – you know, we often talk about our personal relationship with Jesus Christ, very uh, singular, very person-focused. Um, there's something more here. There's a larger entity, and sometimes we miss it. Well, Christ relates to us truly individually, but also corporately through the church. And to have the full fellowship of what the Bible calls uh, the communion of the saints, what Paul calls communion, or the creed calls the communion of the saints, to experience that side of it, which is necessary to grow in Christ, we must be together, share the Lord's Supper. We must share the worship of God together. Otherwise, I'm cutting myself off Hmm. from the work of the Spirit through the church. And I cannot be anything but a deformed Christian without that dimension and element. 
That's a good point. Yeah. If you look at Ephesians, of course, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not a result of work, so that no one should boast. Mm. But then it goes on. It says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. In other Mm -hmm. words, we're not saved just to escape hell. We're saved to serve him. Well, where is the context of service? The context of service is the church. That's why he's giving gifts to the church. Exactly right. Well, with that, we're going to say that that's our conclusion for today because I see we're out of time already. This has been A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. We would invite you to listen again. This uh, entire episode is up on our website. It's found at RedeemerBroadcasting.org. In the studio today has been the Reverend Mark Diedrich and Dr. John Vance. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Please join us again next week at the same time for another edition of A Plain Answer. Thank you.